Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 30. Holy cow, we made it to 30. Let's do 30 more. What do you guys think? I think that's a good plan. Uh, At least (laughs) there is so much information. It is getting insane how much information I'm uncovering about the corruption in our government, world governance, and those that want to rule us like kings and queens. All right. In this episode, first I want to talk about why. Why does this administration seem to only hire based on identity and not actually looking for people that are qualified for the jobs or have competency in the particular field they're being considered to work in. Then, car companies are now considering getting rid of AM radio. I can tell you specifically why. Stick around and find out. Then, there is such a humongous difference between the press coverage of this president and the press coverage of the former president. The state of Oregon has passed a new law called the Right to Rest Law, and it benefits the homeless and hurts the people that aren't. I'll explain in more detail. And lastly, 25% of Gen Zers now identify as members of the ever-expanding acronym. Yet, when you talk to them about their actual relationships, the numbers really haven't changed. So what does that mean? I'll tell you in just a bit. Okay, first of all, why does this administration want to hire people based on their physical characteristics rather than their qualifications? What am I talking about? Well, recently, the person that Joe Biden nominated to be the head of the FAA, his name is Philip Washington, and he came from the military. And thank you, Mr. Washington, for your service in the military. But the person that they want to make the head of the FAA has never been a pilot, doesn't know anything about flight regulations, or airspace regulations. Listen to this exchange he had between Senator Ted Budd of North Carolina and Philip Washington. The FAA recently required airplanes to be equipped with an ADSB transponder. So, Mr. Washington, can you quickly tell me uh, what airspace requires an ADSB transponder? Quickly, please. Thank you for the question, Senator. Uh, not sure I can answer that question right now. That's, that's okay. We'll just keep going. So um, that's a that's a pretty important part. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, another question. Uh, you've said that your national security background, and again, I appreciate your military experience there. But you say that's prepared you for this role. It's okay. The FAA has classified airspace to meet the needs of airports, air traffic, and also national security. The FAA has also designated special use airspace over DOD bases critical to national security. So what are the six types of special use airspace 
that protect this national security that appear on FAA charts? Quickly, please. Uh, sorry, Senator, I cannot answer that question. Okay, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just keep going. So thank you. Sure. Uh, since um, World War II, the FAA has required pilots to have a valid medical certificate. I've got one. Um, in recent years, the FAA has relaxed these standards through the introduction of the sport pilot certificate and also basic med. It's been a great success. Uh, more than 70,000 pilots in the last six years have used basic med to maintain their flying privileges. So what are the, what are the limit? It comes with some limitations. So what are the operational limitations of a pilot flying under basic med? Well, thank you for the question, Senator. I'm not a pilot, so... Uh, but I, obviously you'd ever see the F Federal Aviation Administration. So um, any, any idea what those uh, restrictions are under basic med, quickly? Uh, well, some of the restrictions I think would be high blood pressure. Uh, some of them would be... It's more like how many passengers per airplane, how many pounds okay. in different categories, and uh, what ele what uh, altitude uh, you can fly under. So, and uh, and then uh, amount of knots. It's under 250 knots. So, okay. it's not having have anything to do with blood pressure. So, this guy didn't know the basics of airspace regulation and transponder regulation. ADSB are the transponders that planes have that send out a constant signal so they can be tracked by ATC or air traffic control. And he also didn't know the six different types of airspace and how they're regulated over secure areas, DOD compounds, and Washington, D.C. for security purposes. That's scary. <laughs> and they want him to be the head of the FAA. That's the person that determines all of these regulations and whether they're still relevant or need to be modified or new regulations need to be established based on security and also a medical certificate come on this is these are basic basic questions anyone who has anything to do with aviation or has been a pilot or around pilots know these terms and know the answers to these questions. That's just crazy to me. Okay, that's just one example. Everyone remembers during the Scottish nomination, Scottish? <laughs> the Scottish nominations. Yes, the Scottish nominations. Yeah, no, Scotus, Supreme Court of the United States, and Katanji Brown Jackson being interviewed. Remember when she was asked by Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee to describe what a woman is? Let me remind you what she said. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition. Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well, so I'm not. The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Exactly. And 
I am not disputing uh, Katanji Brown Jackson's qualifications to be on the Supreme Court. But when you go into such an important position with extreme biases as to what can be taught and what can't, that's very scary. And there are many people on the left, and I'm not talking about mainstream Democrats and and old school liberals. I'm talking about this new, crazy, insane left that thinks there is no definition of women. There is no definition of man, that they're social constructs. And by thinking that, it basically starts everything out of confusion. Not being able to describe anything means you can't really describe anything at all. And then we come to the guy that they want to nominate for the position of leadership of the ATF. Just keep in mind, that is the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Division of our government. Listen to this exchange. Are you an expert on tobacco? Uh, I spent my career as a federal prosecutor putting gang members, violent criminals, cartel cases. No, I, I appreciate in that. That's, I, that's please, my please. background. Yeah. So uh, I just I want to get the yes or no's. I'll try to make it quick. I'm not a, I'm not expecting a yes. To be honest, you're not an expert on tobacco. You're not an expert on uh, guns. Are you an expert on uh, explosives? Uh, I have prosecuted cases involving the attempted terroristic bombing of a bridge in in Ohio and near Cleveland, where you're from. I have dealt with the firebombing of the Mansfield, Ohio. Do you know what PETN is? I'm sorry? You know what PETN is? Uh, I I hold myself out as a technical expert in every aspect of firearms. I'm an expert in dealing with violent crime. Okay, so so you're... You're, you, you know what a prosecutor knows. You have no expertise specifically in what the men and women of the ATF uh, in various stages are experts on. Is that correct? Yes, Representative Heisa. I think we can assume that Stephen Dettelbach is not an expert in any area that would qualify him to run the ATF. Only having the knowledge of a prosecutor of these things really doesn't help much when you're dealing with people that work in the field that are experts on these things and need to be able to communicate clearly problems that exist and challenges that need to be addressed. So it's insane to me that this this administration seems to want to hire based on diversity, equity, and inclusion rather than actual skills and competency in the areas in which they want to be hired in. I mean, it, I guess it makes sense if you, you listen to our vice president. She wasn't hired for any other reason than the fact she's a black female, period. That is it. The only thing that qualified her to be the vice president is she's a black female because Joe was all interested in having black females and hiring based on equity and not actual qualifications, which is really interesting because I watched Kamala Harris when she was a senator and she seemed fairly competent. She seemed to like to grandstand a lot and make herself look really good. But 
now that she has these speeches that we can watch of her being vice president, and she always sounds like she's speaking to five-year-olds and goes into these word salads that no one can understand. I, I've heard, like I said in my other podcast, I've heard that her staff writes out very specific things that she's supposed to be saying and puts them on the teleprompter and she ignores them, thinking that she's smart enough to just wing it. And she's obviously not. So I, I see a major problem with this administration wanting to hire based on skin color, sexuality, gender, and other things that are just basic surface identities rather than qualifications and competency. And I think especially in fields like the FAA and ATF, where you have to have very technical, specific knowledge in order to be an effective leader, that it's going to get actually quite dangerous. There was recently two helicopter crashes that happened in the military, and they've actually grounded the uh, aviation portion. I believe it's the Army, and they have grounded all non-essential flights until they get to the bottom of these two helicopter crashes. I believe we're getting to a point now where our skies are going to be very unsafe because the FAA and all of the airlines seem more interested in diversity, equity, and inclusion in their hiring practices rather than hiring the most competent and the most qualified candidates. We're having near misses uh, in airports of airplanes almost running into each other, airplanes landing when someone else is on the runway. We have, I believe we're reaching a point where it's going to cost a lot of lives before the far left is willing to relinquish the fact that they can't hire that way. But I don't think we're there yet, sadly. I don't think enough people have died and enough problems have been exposed by this practice that, sadly, I think it's going to continue until people start standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to hire based on skin color, sexuality, gender, or other physical characteristics. I'm going to hire based on the most qualified candidate. And going back to the Supreme Court, uh, I have no doubt that uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson is very qualified and a very competent lawyer. But when Joe Biden announces that he is only going to consider hiring a black woman to the Supreme Court, that automatically, in the eyes of many people in this country, doesn't lend to her credibility. It only lends to the fact that the talent pool was narrowed so specifically to be a black woman that most of Americans will look at that and say, well, you're not interested in the most qualified candidate then. You're only interested in checking those boxes in the diversity, equity, and inclusion questionnaire. Something to think about. A larger and larger number of car companies are choosing to not include AM radios in their new cars. Many experts, I put in air quotes, are talking about electric cars 
not being compatible with the AM radio so that they're going to disclude the AM radio and future models. Many of the General Motors cars, Ford, Chevy, Porsche, BMW, Tesla, all these other car companies are wanting to discontinue AM radio. AM radio is basically the place people turn to for uh, weather updates, traffic updates uh, in many cities. And the main reason I believe that corporate America is trying to get rid of AM radio is because of conservative talk shows. Many conservative talk show hosts you see, like on Fox News and Newsmax and One America News and other news organizations, got their start in AM radio and built their audiences that way. AM radio is dominated by the conservative talk show host. There are a few AM radio liberal talk stations. I know NPR has one, and there's a couple of other ones in different markets around our country, but the majority of AM radio hosts are conservative. I believe that's why they want to get rid of AM radio as another way for corporate America and the globalists to silence the voices of conservative hosts. And, you know, it was in the 70s where AM radio was really, really big. And then it started to wane to the point where car companies back in the 80s were talking about getting rid of AM radio. And there was one particular host, his name was Rush Limbaugh, that pretty much single-handedly saved the AM radio band and created the conservative talk show host genre. And now it's big enough where I believe the globalists and those who want world governance want to silence these radio hosts and prevent other ones from growing their audience from very small demographics to very large national followings on AM radio before they're considered for other positions in the media. What do you guys think? All right. Recently, a photographer caught a picture of Joe Biden having a cheat card in his press conference with the president of South Korea. And when he called on an ABC reporter, he already had her name. The question that she was going to ask, not in the exact wording, but the topic and basically his answer. So if a reporter or a photographer would have caught Donald Trump holding a cheat card like this, they would have racked him over the coals. They would have just completely castigated him. But there is a huge difference between the media coverage of Joe Biden and the media coverage of Donald Trump. I've heard so many times it makes me sick on CNN, MSNBC, and other stations talking about how Joe Biden is a good and honest and decent man. And Trump is evil incarnate, is a sexist, misogynist, racist, homophobe, xenophobe, Islamophobe, everything negative you can think of to marginalize a person that is applied to Donald Trump. 
the media seems to not also be interested in investigating these allegations of the Hunter Biden laptop and the Biden family business that I've been exposing in some of my podcasts. The reason why is they all share an ideology. When you have a political party completely aligned with the media, social media, corporate America, sports team franchises, community organizations, and let's not forget the Department of Justice and intelligence agencies, all aligned in the same ideology, all aligned to protect the party over the country. That is sad in my book. That is so sad that they are all more interested in protecting their party than doing what's best for our country. Now, I honestly believe there are people that believe that this country should be a socialist country. They believe it would be best, and they want what's best for everyone in this country, and they think that is socialism. But the problem is there are so few people that have studied actual socialism in college and the death and destruction left in its wake that, just like George Orwell says uh, in his book 1984, when they had erased all of the street names, they had erased all of the history, they had changed everything. And that famous saying is 100% true. Those who erase or do not study History are doomed to repeat it. And sadly, my friends, I think we're almost getting to the point where we have an entire generation that is so ignorant about the true history of socialism that they're trying to bring it on again here in our country. I would encourage anyone thinking that socialism or communism or Marxism is the way of the future to go back and study world history, especially pay attention to the 100 million people that starved to death and were murdered under the auspice of a socialist utopia. There is a real problem, and I hope this generation will start waking up. I hope this podcast will start being listened to by millennials and and Gen Zers and realize they've been hoodwinked. They've been raised at a time when indoctrination is being given more importance than education. Sadly, what has happened is we have many of those that were raised in that generation with participation medals and no grades and trigger warnings and Uh, safe spaces. Now they're all teaching the children of today. And I'm telling all of my friends in Gen Z, mostly they're the daughters and sons of my friends, but I'm telling them as I encounter them every day and uh, they overhear me talking with friends of mine about different topics and they'll ask me, well, what's the the name of your podcast? And I tell them, I hope that Gen Zers pass this podcast around because you need to open your eyes, realize that you've been hoodwinked, and I 
encourage you to go back and read the founding documents of this country, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers, the Gettysburg Address, the Emancipation Proclamation. Go back and listen to the I Have a Dream speech of Martin Luther King gave on the Lincoln Memorial Steps, and especially need to read Martin Luther King's Letters from a Birmingham Jail. He answered a bunch of clergymen at the time that were questioning his tactics and was really questioning his timing and the nonviolent protests and shouldn't they really turn violent? Shouldn't we respond in kind? And his response was absolutely not. There was a famous quote, especially in the letters from the Birmingham jail, says, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And that is absolutely true. Uh, On both sides of the aisle, when there is injustice on one side, that exposes the injustice on all sides. And Martin Luther King was pointing that out and saying that it was the peaceful protests, the sit-ins that he was sponsoring and participating in that were having the most effect. If they were to respond in kind, it would reduce the effectiveness of these peaceful protests. People today definitely need to read those letter, or that letter. Okay, now, the state of Oregon just passed a new law called the Right to Rest Law. It states that a homeless person can choose any public place they want as their residence. I put in air quotes again. And it can be any public space. What are public spaces? Oh, you know, the sidewalk in front of your house. It could be the sidewalk in front of your business. It could be the sidewalk in front of your kid's school. And if you try to remove them forcefully, or if they feel threatened, and that is their discretion, not yours. If they feel threatened, they can sue you for violating the rights to their residence. Does it get any more insane than that? You know, I lived in Portland for a couple months when I was younger and opened up a business for a major company. And I loved Portland. I lived right downtown. I really, really liked that city. I especially liked the parks on the outskirts of the city with the waterfalls and the insanely beautiful scenery. But things are kind of gone haywire in Portland. And the inmates are now running the asylum. You're giving homeless people more rights than property owners and business owners in the city. How do I mean? Well, okay, the property owners, uh, the, the residences and businesses may be owned by the property owners and ran. But if a homeless person has decided to set up shop right in front of the doorway of your business, and it's affecting customers not wanting to step over feces and used hypodermic needles and being harassed by homeless people before they go into your business, thus hurting your business, you have no rights. You can go to court and pay lots of money suing the 
city to try and get a homeless person removed from in front of your business or house, but it's going to take a lot of time and money to do that. Kind of the same thing that's happening with the squatters around this country. The people that are using the laws to get free rides all over the place are getting more and more prevalent. What I mean by the squatters is there are people that if you go on a long vacation and they find out or if they happen to come up on your house and there's no one in there and they break in and go have fake documents printed out that say that they're the homeowners and they put up pictures of their family on the walls and tear down your pictures and they try and make it look like it's their residence and you return from your vacation and you find yourself not allowed in your own residence. And the squatters know this. They know that they can get away with this and stay there for a very long time. And some people will just give up because they don't want to spend the tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars fighting the courts to prove that that is actually your residence and having to go get documents printed out that prove that you live there. And then if you threaten them or try to remove them, they can have you arrested. The whole world's gone upside down and backwards. That's just nuts to me. And by the way, uh, Portland, Oregon is now off of my plans to ever visit again until they pull their heads out of their butts and make the city safe and ran by rational people again. And I guess that might be a while. And then lastly, 25% of Gen Zers now identify as members of the LGBTQIA plus expanding acronym. Yet, when you talk to them about the kind of relationships they've had, you realize that the number really hasn't changed in the amount of people that actually are members of the ever-expanding acronym. That basically tells me that identifying as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, questioning, uh, asexual, intersexual, all these different terms is actually a cool thing now. It's almost a form of rebellion that children of today have against their parents and the patriarchy and all the things. When I was a kid, the form of rebellion was like ear piercings and tattoos and different things like that where you showed a little rebellious spirit. I believe this is the new rebellion for the younger kids today, that they may not actually be queer or gay or lesbian or bisexual, but if they identify as a member of that community and they don't actually live the lifestyle of that community, then they can still be considered cool, but not actually have a relationship based on that new identity. I have many friends in that community, and I believe at this point they would agree with me if they actually looked at the statistics. All right. One thing I want to talk about really quickly before I end this podcast is a positive note. Have you guys heard about this guy, Malik Barnes? This kid's 16 years old. He has received over 170 acceptance letters 
with a total of more than $9 million in scholarship offers. He already has 64 college credits that have already been satisfied. And all of this maintaining a 4.89 GPA. My friends, this is what every kid should strive to be like. I think we've lost this kind of drive and motivation in the generations of today. I think that we're celebrating mediocrity. I think we're doing things in our schools to try and take away the chance to excel and to just go along and get along. You know, we've got this equitable grading thing going on right now. We're not going to give anybody grades because it's not fair. It is so refreshing to hear stories like this of someone who obviously was raised right. His parents basically taught him to excel, and they instilled values and ethics in him that that gave him that desire to achieve this kind of greatness. That's That's incredible. Someone 16 years old has all of this going for them, and I promise this kid is going to excel in everything he does because of the way he was raised. So think about that. And if you are a parent raising children, raise them with the right values. Raise them with standards. Raise them with strong work ethics and study ethics. And even though the system is trying to celebrate mediocrity and dumb down the system, basically the system in an effort to become non-racist or less racist is actually becoming, in my eyes, more racist. Because when you are changing the entire grading system, because you don't think one demographic is smart enough to compete with everyone else at the same level, that, my friends, is what's called the soft bigotry of low expectations, otherwise known as racism. That's my opinion. And of course, you can agree or disagree with anything I've said in this podcast. And if you do, please don't hesitate to write me, Drew, at thewatchdogsbark.com. That's the end of this podcast. And until next time, create an amazing day.